Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the HJ Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. And uh, we were joined by uh, Dan Freeman. He's uh, an author. Uh, he's done the Jamie Johnson series of football books and the TV series. Yeah. Much loved by the stars. And really interesting chatting him about his uh, new book, uh, I Am Lenny Brown. We also uh, played you some uh, clips of the week, Pewter, from 2005. Yeah. A few good ones in there. And oh, we had a bit of a chat, a of chat, course. Yeah. A lot of it quite ashes infused because during the show today... England were batting, um, so uh, yeah, our, our, you know we did our best to concentrate on the job in hand. Oh, but you would perfect. argue watching the Ashes is the job in hand. There's <laughs> worse jobs in hand. And anyway, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Yes. What a test match this has been. It's just been incredible, hasn't it? I mean, every time you think England are getting in front in the game. Australia pull them back, and yeah. it's been just like the, the whole. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. like the whole time. And you know, there have been some frustrations for England. I think they should be well ahead in this game. I mean, so yeah. didn't agree with the declaration on uh, Friday night. I couldn't see the point of it. If, if Root hadn't been in, if it'd been the two bowlers, I'd have said, okay, fair enough. He had a chance to make another fifty runs, and first innings. Everybody knows this. First innings runs are much easier to get than second innings mm, runs. Yeah. So another fifty to this, and England would be in the box seat. And then, of course, Bairstow's wicket-keeping, which we did say when when all this happened, when he was picked, that, you know, this could be a problem because if you drop somebody key, you've then got to make that... The more the runs they make, you've got to make to make up for it. And sure. I have a football analogy of this. It's it's like playing... saying, like, we want to play out from the back, so what we're going to do, we're going to play our best player yeah. in goal. Yeah, but he, he can't say, oh, don't worry about that. No, he's good with his feet. And that's <laughs> what it is. It's exactly that. You know, you... You've got to pick your best wicketkeeper, basketball or not, yeah. I think, anyway. But there you go. I was saying to you earlier on, we've seen an, a, a bunch of Chelsea players mm. go to Saudi today, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, um, good, isn't it? <laughs> who's, Mendy's gone. Who else has I gone? I think Mendy, Koulibaly, yeah. Kante, yeah. Ziyech. Mm. It's marvellous, It strikes it? me it's like football fly-tipping. <laughs> it feels like you're just dumping all your old dross on, yes. on them. Good use of the dross. Yeah, <laughs> Well, you know, with respect. But, yeah. I mean, you know, Kansas has been playing on one leg. You know, I don't think he had it in him to, kick, to go again in the Premier League. No. And so if you've got all these players you just want off the wage bill, yeah. dump them on Saudi, seems to be, you know, look, seems it, to be the idea. It saves a fortune in the wages. I mean, it's it's absolutely necessary. Mm. And, you know, it's part of a, a rebuild, a, you know, a, what do you call it, a transitional period yeah. for Chelsea. You know, you can't, ex- you can expect, them to be better than last season but I think it's still going to be you know we're working out on the weekend there's 11 good teams now in the mm. Premier League you know, you know and that, all 
apart from City, you know, can beat each other on on the day. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be a fan, fantastically interesting season, I think. Um, we're going to talk about Gary O'Neill a little bit later. I think everybody was surprised at that news that broke about 40 mm. minutes ago that he'd been sacked. I say Bill Foley's just won the Stanley Cup, hasn't he, with Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe he, has, but yeah. maybe he wants a bit more glory and feels he needs someone, as Stuart would say, a bit more glamourable. Although one of the listeners I noticed, and Jim may have read this out, Graham Potter for Bournemouth. That feels a fit, doesn't it? That could be a fit. That yeah. does feel a fit. Yeah. We'll, but we'll, yeah. we'll we'll chat to a Bournemouth fan a little bit later on. I just think Gary O'Neill did a very very good job. So mm. you know, mm. he did. I mean, the thing is, he'll be obviously he'll be upset losing the job, and I'm sure he wanted to keep going. But I think he did himself enough favors in the job he did to land something again. Yeah, he pretty, came in there pretty quickly, and, and he yeah. got them not only winning games and. and getting points but yeah. playing some nice football and the only alright they lost their last four games yeah, but, but they, they were, were safe they were safe they were, you, know. you know they were on Bournemouth sands as they say <clears throat> that may have been the players mindset mm. and that's very true and uh, Brendan's back we spoke a lot about this last week we've had a couple of guests on that subject because I think mm. we all knew it was going to happen one very much pro writing for the Celtic way saying we've got to forgive Brendan get on with it he's the best man for the job her old mate Susie McCabe comedian she was less keen at the time but as Neil Lennon was saying to Jim, you know, I think, look, if, if, it, if it works quickly, it won't be a problem. If he comes yeah. in this not going well, well, there's no reason to think with a squad yeah, that Andrew's left. How can it not go no, well? No, exactly. Really? You know, I mean, yeah. the only, well, they, it's they Europe. lose, I mean, they lose a they... couple of old firm derbies and go yeah. out of Europe early. Well, that's, that's the thing. Can they have a run in Europe? Yeah, we yeah. shall see. But anyway, yeah, Brendan Rogers back. So, um, lots to get stuck into today. We're going to be chatting to... Steve Harmison. Lunch is normally at one, but because of the lost overs, because of the weather yesterday, um, it's a one fifteen lunch. It's a 10 past four tea. So um, we'll wait till lunchtime. In a few moments' time, we'll have a good chat with uh, Harmy about uh, this morning's session, which started with mad ramp shots by yeah. Joe Root, one, one of you which know, came off and I, one that I would didn't. say that Australia have fielded better than England in this game, but mm. they've also had all, all the luck that's going they've yeah. had. I mean, you know, yesterday. The little session with the cloud that, cover. Yeah. You know, that made a difference, those two wickets, you know. So just the way it goes, I suppose. It could have happened the other way around. I but. found myself there, even when England were in the lead by 135, every time they cut to the England balcony, I'm waiting for um, Ben Stokes to be calling him in. <laughs> Every time they cut there, I think England are about well, to declare. Medal, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd have a job now. Hmm. Maybe he'll just go in himself. Anyway, they lead by 161 uh, after I 35 think overs. 250 above, I'll take a bit of chasing down, especially if we lose a bit of time to weather. Mm. It depends on their attitude. I think you made a good point about Australia. If it looks like they're going to lose, they'll play for a draw because yeah, that's all they need. Because all they need and they've been playing their own game. They've not cared about baseball and no. I don't see that changing. So, anyway, Harmy with us in a few moments' time. Yeah, Monty Panasar is going to join us. Monty had an ingenious way to use Friars Balsam Use cough medicine, isn't it? Why would that work? I don't know. He'll tell us <laughs> later on. I mean, that's quite sticky. I don't know if the ICC would be pleased with that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll be chatting to Monty about how do you avoid mowing finger. And It seemed a bit of a draconian fine, that 25% of his match fee. I don't think <clears> he was seeking no, he wasn't. any advantage. But you have to clear it with the umpire or the okay. referee. Well, yeah, no, so you can't so. just leave mm, it. Because no. he doesn't know what you're doing, does he? No. No, I suppose not. But Putting a spray on your finger on and the boundary. And classic of the Australian journalist to question Robinson about oh, yeah. giving, um, what's his name, Kuwaja a send-off. Yeah. You think, blimey. You know, they, they've done that since Ashes has begun. Got a bit po-faced, didn't oh, they? Yeah, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Good afternoon. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Yes, we're going to start building up to our commentary here on TalkSport of England versus North Macedonia this evening. Rupert Bell will be joining us ahead of Royal Ascot. Gets underway tomorrow. We'll have three live races for you uh, every day. Of course, we'll keep me an eye on the, the cricket as well. But to uh, make it a welcome return to the studio now is uh, an author who we've spoken to a number of uh, times. I think we spoke to him for the first time when he wrote his first ever uh, <coughs> Jamie Johnson novel yeah. um, back in the day. And that's turned into an incredibly successful series, Loved by the Stars, which we'll come on to in a moment, uh, and a successful TV series as well. But Dan Freeman's new book is I Am Lenny Brown, and he's popped in to have a chat about it. Hi, Dan, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Great to see you, both. It's all worked out quite well. I think it was. You, you just left the FA. You thought, oh, I want to start writing these children's books. You came in and you told us all about it, and it's it's kind of worked out, hasn't it? That, yeah, <laughs> that was 16 years ago. Wow. Um, 10 wow. books ago. Yeah, a lot of water under a bridge since then. But yeah, yeah. It, I guess it was a bit of a risk at the time, but I, I just thought it'd be amazing to have a book come out and then try to work as hard as I can to get people to read it you've got a great celebrity endorsement for jamie johnson but we'll come back to that because we'll talk about i am lenny brown tell us a, a bit more about this what sort of age group is it aimed at i think this is for i guess for parents and grandparents listening i think this is for seven to eleven year olds mm-hmm. um and it's particularly if you've got kids who like football and or have certain anxieties I've been wanting to write a story for that's everybody isn't it well <laughs> and more <laughs> and more these days isn't yeah, it yeah yeah I've been wanting to write a story for ages, and it, I mean, it's everything that you guys do every day about how amazing football is to make friends and make connections, you know, mm. particularly to talk to young people about that incredible ability it has. But that's not a story, is it? That's just a concept. And then I was walking one day during lockdown, I was like, but what if there's a kid who actually can't speak? And I started to think about in school, sometimes I visit, a teacher will come up to me, remember your wife is a teacher, mm. sometimes a teacher will come up to me and say, there's a kid over there, just to let you know, they won't speak to you. Everything's going in, they're very intelligent, but they won't speak to you. They can actually speak in certain circumstances, but they don't speak at school, for example. And on the basis that the loudest people are sometimes the least interesting, I was like, what about a story about a kid? So it's a trait called selective mutism. And my character, Lenny Brown, he can speak at home. He's quite a big character with his mum and with his dog, but at school he can't speak. And I was like, imagine how incredible football would be for that kid who's desperate to make friends but can't find the words. And we know how powerful it can be. And then I just spent a lot of time studying it. It happened that one of my best friends, his wife, is a speech therapist. So I studied it for like... Every, every word I wrote, I basically checked with her um, and also studied the trait of high sensitivity. You know, when you when you sort of think ahead and you try and analyse everything that's happened, and if you do that, you probably would never say a word mm, yeah. because you're worried about the consequences. And so that's where the book came from. And I, I ended up learning a lot from this character, Lenny Brown. And I hope the other thing that happened, which I wasn't aware of, was we're now seeing the aftershock of lockdown in terms of young people who missed out on such a crucial stage yeah. of their social development. And not, I, mean, I don't know if you saw that Sky report down the other day, the kids not wanting to go to school. Yes. They just feel like they can't. They just can't get back into it's that like People routine. not wanting to go back to work. Yeah, thing, very, it? very anxious, the kids. And there's an awful lot of kids at the moment who are homeschooled and just can't get back in despite the efforts of the schools. Yeah, so that's that's the basis of the story. And the character is called Lenny and he's, he's desperate to, to be accepted. Mm. Um, and yeah, f- football, that's how I managed to, to, to have the opportunity um, for Lenny to kick a ball. And I can, I can give you a spoiler because you're, you're not the target audience. What happens is ultimately there's a moment he's playing, there's a girl called Layla who's the best player in the school and he wants to be her friend. And they're playing football and he just goes, here, 
mm. and, and calls for the ball without mm. even realising mm. it. And that is a, that is a moment for him. Mm. I suppose it's not just maybe kids who are going through this, but it's also for other kids to understand that there are other kids going through this and, and maybe be a bit more sympathetic to I it. I think so. I think, you know, in the class, I, I, when I was writing it, there was, um, I sent it to a mum whose kid had had speech challenges when he was growing up. And she said, yeah, it's fine, but you need to make the kids more cruel in the story. <laughs> because yeah, that is, that's what oh, you yeah, have to go through. Mm. Yeah. And so I think, hopefully, yeah, to develop a bit of empathy and develop a bit of classroom conversations or at home, hopefully Lenny can be that bridge and also a friend to the kids that need it. So you had to sum up, sum, sum up, summon up your inner bully is what I'm trying to say. I'll yes. there in a minute. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about you struggling because that effectively would be bullying. So I'm not, well, I'm it'd not also be true. I'm not going to do that to you. Do the you. books get easier or harder to write? I mean, I find it so hard. Really? I think some people, I'll always be the kid inside who doesn't think they're any good at creative writing. And I, I guess I'm like, you know, when if, if someone has a baby and afterwards they're like, I'm never doing that again. And it feels to me like that yeah. each time I do a book. But then it is so amazing. It's so brilliant. But I was not the naturally gifted storyteller at school, which is why I value it so much. And like, I always dreamt one day I could get a book published by Puffin, which Lenny Brown is. Um, and it's just so fantastic. I'll, I'll keep trying as long mm. as people want to read it. I'll keep trying. Now, you've been writing these, uh, we're going back uh, to the Jamie Johnson books, mm. you've been writing them for such a long time that there are players coming through that grew up on these books, and one of them's been very open about that and has even appeared in the TV series, is Jude Bellingham, very much man of the moment, having gone to Madrid. What a buzz that must be to hear Jude Bellingham say that, that he, feels like ja- he feels like Jamie Johnson now because he plays for Dortmund, doesn't he, in the TV series? Yeah, yeah it, it was. Um, I guess that was my dream. And I got a hint that it might be happening a few years ago. I went to give a talk to the Bournemouth under-18s and I was a bit nervous about the age group. And I walked in and they were just like, oh, we grew up on these and asking questions about the stories. I'm like, okay. And then a few more, there's a boy called Jaden Fevrier who was at West Ham and he bought a book called Unstoppable with his first professional wage packet at West Ham. Mm. And then, yeah, this summer, um, Jude Bellingham had done a cameo in the TV show and then did a little interview. And he said, I watched Jamie Johnson when I was growing He's a big Stephen Gerrard fan. And Stephen Gerrard, who I worked with at the FA, mm. did a cameo, which... Jude Bellingham watched and then he ended up saying yeah I feel like I am Jamie Johnson now which is <laughs> absolutely incredible and then obviously the billions of billions of people that he's inspiring so um yeah that that was the dream and it's incredible for such a player like that to to give it a name check it's amazing and he's asked for Lenny Brown to be distributed to uh, a school he chose I think in Birmingham as well so fantastic link yeah yeah that's nice there must be a great buzz for it. it's fantastic and uh, Marcus Rashford's always been very supportive of it as well isn't he yeah, well, that was unstoppable in mm. particular, which yeah. was about twins. And um, I imagine like Rashford and Radicanu being twins and rivals in the same house. And I sent him a copy, didn't think anything of it. And then, yeah, on World Book Day, he took a, he took a photo of him and tagged me in on social media and said it reminded him of his childhood growing up, which was an incredible one. Yeah. Now, I wasn't aware of this. You're part of the judging panel for the Premier League Young Writers Award. This is academy players around the country, age 9 to 11, they take part in a story writing competition. I never knew about that. No, it's it's been going for three years and it was on the basis that, I mean, there's so much talk about academy players and their journey and the chances or lack thereof of them being professionals. 
Um, and so we had a conversation about three years ago. It was like, imagine if on their shelf, as well as the football trophies, there's a trophy for writing in terms of the way they identify themselves, not just as footballers, if the football element ultimately gets taken away from them. So we've run it for three years for the nine to 11-year-old kids who are registered with Premier League academies. It's about 450 kids around the country. First winner played for Watford. The second winner played for Man City, ended up having his book published by Puffin. Uh, sorry, by Bloomsbury, mm-hmm. by Bloomsbury. And then we just went to um, the winner of this year's called Ari, um, and he plays for West Ham. And he made the most unbelievable story. It's called The Boy in the Headband. Um, and it's all about how he um, can't hear and he wears a headband when he plays to cover the implants so people don't know, mm. but he thinks it looks cool as well. Mm, yeah. And he says it gives him superpowers because he can read their body language, his fitness knows no end. And so we went to his school in Edgware uh, last Friday, Premier League trophy comes along, all his schoolmates get to have their photo taken, he gets a trophy, looks like the man of the match or player of the match that the Premier League players get. And it's just such a nice way for their journey as young players to be broader than just the football, which is obviously, as you know, a real priority for the Premier League. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport and Andy, is anything you wish to share with the cast? Oh, yes. We were just talking there in the break about how well Usman Khawaja played for Australia. His defence was fantastic, wasn't it? And he did what I call a Lennox Lewis. He was Mm. asked about the innings afterwards and he said... Oh, no, of course, I can't actually find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> How brilliant yes. is that? I this, is where, this is where I do this brilliant thing and I can't... You've got your system of cuttings. My brilliant system, yeah. which I'll come back to. So I'll do Okay, I'll do brilliant. Well, that's a tease but and it a was half. A real, <laughs> it was a real talking about himself in the third But He said, this is Usman Khawaja for you. I was thinking, you're yes. right. Okay, yeah. yeah he yeah. did play very well, though. He played he? very well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was reading David Miller's opera uh, column yesterday. Oh, were you really? Oh, yes, I enjoy it. <laughs> Not... Okay, <laughs> I didn't know David Mellor had or not. Is that in the Mail Sunday on, Sport? Mail, oh, okay, <laughs> it's in the Mail on Sunday. Yeah, and he was saying uh, he was talking about the Hansel and Gretel show at uh, Opera Holland Park. Our old friend Michael Volpe, of course, was involved. That's was right, involved with in that. Day. Mm. He says uh, small orchestra makes it difficult for the opulence of Engelbert Humperdinck's Wagner-inspired score. I was thinking, Really? Yeah. I had to look it up. Yeah, there, there was an not, original. Not the, not the Leicester City supporting <laughs> no, crooner. Not Jerry Dorsey. There was an earlier Engelbert. <laughs> That's um, right. Hard to think one person with that name, let alone two, <laughs> although the other one was, was yeah, of yeah. course, uh, made up. And... Um, I, I guess oh. his opera reports were they like his um, yes. football reports? They are. He'd say, "I went to the, uh, I went to, um, I went to the, uh, I went to the uh, opera, <laughs> and I saw the uh, magic, the the uh, the magic, the, the the I saw, I saw the, I saw the mag, I saw the magic flu, and you whole blimey, you could go and watch Wagner's ring cycle, mate. By the time you finish this sentence, and I see you are fifteenth uh, in uh, league, fifteenth uh, in uh, league uh, one at the moment, fifteenth. <laughs> and you had a one 0 win today against uh, Ma- Ma- against uh, Mansfield. Yeah, you can right, hear the mate. papers what rustling. What a bluffer! Whoever thought that was a good oh, no. idea? It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, uh, Jonathan, I won't be getting any tickets for the opera. I'm I? afraid. No. Any spares? Got any spares, <laughs> David? No, you can uh, you can uh, do what uh, you can uh, you can do one, Hawksby, is what he'd say. 
<laughs> Jonathan Liu in the uh, Guardian uh, had a very good description of uh, Johnny Bairstow. He yeah. was uh, talking about him. He said, he had a poor day behind the stumps. He's as mobile as a sight screen. Yeah, that was a bit harsh. <laughs> that was old Gideon, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a bit harsh. Better than that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, Emma Redicano said she wished she hadn't won... Uh, the US Open. You've got to put a bit of context on this. Oh, I read the well, piece give it, yesterday. Give it all back then. Give the money back. Give the deals back. For goodness it's quite an interesting sake. piece, actually, in the Sunday oh, Times. About whinging, um, really. So. And, uh, what is there a wicket? Well, it's slightly fearful there could be. The Australians seem quite confident um, England are reviewing it. Let's find out what happened. John Norman. Well, it's Nathan Lyon again. And this looks like it's pitching... In line with uh, the stumps, it's whether the ball has spun back too much, but essentially Bairstow, on the sweep again, has been hit in front of the stumps. Remember, he was given out a leg before wicket, before the lunch break. Scott Boland, the bowler on that occasion, he got a reprieve. And uh, I tell you what, Maria Rasmus took an absolute age to give this out. There was a huge appeal from Nathan Lyon. Uh, but it did seem like it was getting to the point where the umpire was, uh, you know, wasn't going to raise his finger. There have, a, there have been some... Uh, well, poor decisions, I suppose. There's no other way of really mm. describing it. There's certainly been a lot of decisions overturned, both not out on-field calls and uh, and the opposite. Uh, we're looking at the big screen here. Yeah, no There's bat. No. no bat involved, no it's glove involved. It's going to be whether it pitched outside, isn't it, really? I think it's whether it's turning too much. He has got a huge... He's got a big s- stride down the track. And he up. has uh, Johnny Bairstow. But it's, uh, height's not going to save him on this account, that's for sure. I think it has pitched in line. And we're uh, we're rocking and rolling, you know uh, you know the drill. Here yeah. we go. So, first light is red. Second light is red. Third light is red. Oh, Bersto's yeah. got to go, and England lose their sixth. Hundred ninety-six to six, a lead of two hundred and three. It's the same thing every time. You think England are on top, two hundred yep. up. They're gonna they're in the middle of a good partnership. Australia take a wicket. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's it what's is. making it a fantastic test match, yeah, though, John, I, isn't it? I don't think they'll be chasing more what? than 250. I don't. I'm just going to read out the names of the batters that Nathan Lyon has dismissed in this test match. Ollie Pope, uh, Harry Brook, Moeen Ali and Johnny Bairstow in the first innings. And three of those batters were, were set. And in the second innings, Joe Root, Harry Brook and now Johnny Bairstow. And you've got to say all three of those are set as well. Yeah, he's, the best spinner, he's the best spin bowler in the world, apart mm. from Ashwin, say, but he's right up there, well, isn't he? Well, he's uh, approaching 500 test yeah, wickets, yeah. eh? And, you know... He's a great bowler. Kind of, yeah. He is a great bowler. He's, he's, and, and England are going at him, you know? And I wonder if they're uh, going to target Moeen's blister now, John. Are they that, <laughs> they're that accurate bowlers. <laughs> they're just going to target the blister. Mm. <laughs> if I was Moeen, I, I would have gone out there with no batting gloves on. Looking, you know, <laughs> just try and get inside there. Go on then, do your worst. But, uh, yeah, Moen could do it. I mean, we'll see if this is going to affect his batting. It certainly affected his bowling. I why they keep missing it. This is the thing with Lyon. I mean, well, yeah, you he's know, quite what, good at spin bowling. Yeah, but, you know, look, it's, it's strange. Though. There wasn't anything in that ball for Bairstow to actually miss it. He just missed it. That's the risk of a sweep yeah, shot, though, isn't it? So. It's, it's, mm. premeditated. it's a premeditated shot. So, essentially, you've, made, you've pretty much made up your mind before the ball's been delivered what you're going to do. And... Sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't, and it hasn't there. Yeah. But what you said before is exactly right. Every single time England get to a position where you think, okay, they're kind of in, they're kind of in control here, they lose a wicket. That's been the the story of the Test match. Yeah. So uh, yep, yeah, we go but again. You see but England look. at 196 for six, so getting 250, 270 batting last on this pitch won't be easy. It won't. No, but they've got to get that, I suppose. 
It's, I mean, don't go anywhere, folks. I mean, Marinelli facing his first delivery, and he leaves this one alive. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes past the out, uh, the uh, the off stump. Uh, look, I, I, I see Australia batting before T. Yeah. And then yeah, all bets yeah. are off. Could yeah. be over tonight. Yeah, T is oh, no, won't be able to <laughs> ten past four. John, Not the way is that they right? approach it, they won't be, in, be able to knock off two hundred well, no, runs. In a, in no, a you're, you're right. It's unlikely. But if David David Warner will go at England, and if he gets a charge on, remember you can't. We can play. We're playing till seven o'clock. Whatever happens, mm. and if if it comes to the point that the umpires feel that Australia can get the runs, then we can go to seven thirty. Or if Australia is seven down, so we can play to seven thirty. Could happen. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yes, it's time for the Clips of the Week. Pewter, we bring you these on a Monday. We dust off some old clips from back in the day, warts and all. Not particularly, I mean, curated by our producer to make sure they're not absolute duffers or they have not stood the test of time. <laughs> well, I imagine more, there's quite a lot more of those. That's point, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. Different times, I'm sure the producer yes. says, you listen sometimes to <laughs> mm. these. But, um, yeah, these were uh, some old mini-discs dusted down and uh, we found them in the office. And so we bring you a selection. We haven't heard these since August 2005. So we hope for the best and um, we kick off with Andy Townsend and Mike Parry talking Chelsea. No, they just, just, just steamroll people. They bang, just, bang, they, they, just they, they, them they've become twice. a very efficient machine under Jose Marunier. <laughs> That's the worst pronunciation ever. <laughs> Jose Marunier. <laughs> wow. Jose Marunier. Yes, brilliant. brilliant. What's next? This then? is a caller to Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues. Yeah. My old pal, Ken Wright, who I went to see last week, he hasn't got it anymore, but he used to have the number plate GOT10N, which, of course, says got one on. And I think that was a good one. All right, mate, good to talk to you. <laughs> Get him on. Wasn't what a, a good laugh. Over laughing. Sit him in the front row of a sitcom, that fella. Yeah. Um, here's a caller to Alan Brazil and Graham Beecroft on Breakfast talking about cup final songs. Music, Phil, what was your favourite? Cl- absolute classic lyrics, classic song. 
Aussie's dream, 1981, Aussie Cup for Tottingham. Yeah, Aussie, <laughs> Aussie. Uh, we're going to meet all the guys soon at the Dorchester. There's a big, big reunion and a big one. It's an absolute sellout, Bicky, as well. Mm-hmm. I think Chaz and Dave are playing. Crikey. They've come and Best offered Spurs themselves fans, for nothing. Yeah. Well, it'd be odd if they were Arsenal fans. <laughs> <laughs> Go there and abuse them, singing, oh, it's happened again, it's happened again. We won the Cup, but why aren't they? They made an Arsenal set by Chaz and Dave. Yeah, you can see that, yeah. And it's over to late-night presenter James Whale now, who probably won't be fronting coverage of the athletics anytime soon. Drug scandals, and in particular that of the 100-metre sprinter Ben Johnson. Uh, he won the gold medal in the world in the world record time of 9 minutes 79 seconds. Wow. That was quite slow, wasn't it? Really? <laughs> was it worth taking anything to do that? I'm quicker than that. Could have, the, the moose could have walked it in that time. And on a similar note, this is our new music correspondent, Ian the Moose Abrahams. And nominations are out for the MTV Europe Awards. Coldplay and Gor- Gor- Coldplay and Golizaz lead the field. They're up for five awards each. They're like a vent at Gold Coldplay and Golizaz. I think he means gorillas, doesn't he? <laughs> Fantastic. Perhaps Moose is a bit more across the business news. Talk Sports City News. FTSE is currently up two at fifty nine. Sorry, fifty four ninety seven. Get it right in a minute. Sell, sell, sell. I mean, buy. The Moose has just lost us about 20 million quid. Well done, Moose. Uh, Here's newsreader Robin Schoenhofer in the studio having a chat before a bulletin. Okay, fair enough. Got any, any, um, any news? Any news on what? Oh, headlines. Yes, oh, news. Yes, yes. 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 Any news? Any good. news? Yeah, any news from the front? Yes. And this is our sadly missed dear friend Nigel Pearson with a classic curse of the commentator. So United still knocking the ball about quite nicely here at Old Trafford. They're not in any uh, immediate danger uh, of uh, conceding an equaliser. And there I go, as I say that, can you believe it? Benfica are back on level terms. Simoa Sabrosa is the man who's got the goal. The free kick from outside the penalty area. I didn't think it was perhaps an opportunity for them to score. But Sabrosa has got it for Benfica. They are back on level terms here at Old Trafford. It's Manchester United 1, Benfica 1. It happened, <laughs> yeah. it happened, didn't the it? The commentator next to Nigel was annoying, yeah. wasn't he? That yeah, going by the throat afterwards, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nigel. Here's the moose again, Big Al and Beaky, and Beaky going full partridge. That's about the only place I've been. I'm sure the residents of Sandy Lane would be delighted to hear the moose is coming <laughs> yeah. right? to buy a holiday the, home. The home. The properties <laughs> die by a million dollars each. Just next to John Magnier's home. And um, imagine, imagine if you're asleep on a sunbed, just dozing on a sunbed, and you hear the flip flops coming down the steps towards you. Go close the old eyes, and uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, Lisa, Arsenal, Manchester United, top dogs, Liverpool, and Chelsea. <laughs> a bit of a gear shift, that wasn't it? Really, yeah, a bit of a, the moose's flip flops. Uh, what's next? Uh, where are we? It's oh, yes. number 10, Andy. Number 10, it's the presenter Mark Keane, who for some reason didn't seem to last all that long. On 10.89 and 10.53 a.m., Talk Sport. What now? Thank you. Hello, it's Mark Keane here. OK, if you'd like to uh, give me a call... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got any subjects? <laughs> <laughs> what, got any news? I don't know, Mark. Yeah. What now? Yeah, that red light, mate, that's what it means. Uh, this is the caller to Ian Collins mid-morning, who was chatting about his big subject of the day. Pat in Chatham. Hiya, Pat. Hi. Morning. What do you want to say on this, Pat? I the lunch hour, it's gone. I Pardon? The lunch hour is gone. Oh, has it? Oh, OK, then. Sorry? You want me to speak or not? Yeah, I said we're talking about the lunch hour has gone. Oh, right, yep. Yeah. 
okay, I thought you meant you've, you've programmed me. <laughs> His lunch hour had gone. It wasn't called the lunch hour, was it? <laughs> she got a bit chippy then, didn't she? Yeah, she did. And finally. Mm. It's a caller to Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues. Uh, the best thing to do is contact contact some of the people on the ground. Um, Angling Director got a shop in Wroxham. Okay. As you go to the boatyard by, by Wroxham Bridge, they are upstream of the bridge towards the station on the right-hand side, just past the, I think I think it's called the Wroxham Hotel's Hotel, just, pa- just past that. And it's something direct. Angling. Yeah, <laughs> the clues in the fact you're listening to Fisherman's Blues. <laughs> I would get... Brilliant, isn't yeah, it? it, it yeah. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be... Anyway... Yeah. Canoeing direct, will it? No, so there we are. Really. There we dusted off. There weren't too bad. Direct. There was a, a few You're decent done. ones there from uh, 2005, and we'll try and dust off. And that's it for 2005. So that's we'll it. dust off some what more a great year it was. from another year. Well, you know, England yeah. did well in the ashes in 2005. That's true. That'd be an omen. Hopefully, the lead is now 223. Um, and then you're saying you think 250 at the very least. 250, then it's a game. You know, two, if it was, if, yeah, you know, I, I, you'd like 270, 300 really, but they're not going to get there, are they? Yeah. Not likely. But England is seven down at the moment. Robinson's on four. Moe Alley is on eight. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. Uh, that was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again, myself and Charlie Baker. <laughs> from one tomorrow I do hope you can join us if not as always the podcast will be available at four o'clock you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.